Hello and welcome to Reptory Screenings episode 67. I'm your host, M. With me are my regular co-host Jackson. What up? And Destiny. Hey, hey. It's time to talk about some fucking movies. We took two weeks off. Uh I was like, uh, let's just not try to schedule during the week. It just ruins my day. But honestly, I fucking missed it. If we if for other, any other reason we have to miss another episode, I'm just gonna grab a guest and record an episode about a movie. I don't give a fuck. The, the problem wasn't the recording. I know, but we just couldn't get it in. And I'm I just I'm like, man, I miss this podcast. Yeah. It's not it like was the world's me. best podcast. We're not like we're not like honored the ball. It's not like Gundam or abnormal mapping, but god damn it, I miss it when we don't do it. <laughs> yeah, no. It was on me. <laughs> but it was it, I would have been good to record if I had watched it earlier. Uh uh, but it's fine. It's Watching fine. the movie yeah. last minute. Now me and Destiny watched this movie two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So um that's because I have, was having a bad medical situation and i if i if i would barely have been paying attention to the movie if i watched it uh so but i did it now sorry that it's so late uh, here we are I've, I've somehow not watched any movies in the two weeks well you know it's been apart from four weeks in the four weeks apart from multiple uh you know i've got i look at my thing i've got iRobot, i've got a sort of online movie in here and i've got two digimon films so Okay, I have well, been doing stuff. If you would like to hear about uh, iRobot, you can listen to Blockbusters. That'll cost you $5. Patreon and Comstash Normal Mapping. If you'd like to hear about Sword Art Online Ordinal Scale, that'll cost you $10. Uh, Patreon at Comstash Normal Mapping. But you get the <laughs> so iRobot to... one also. So it's not like you have to pay 15 You just got to pay 10 um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, Blockbusters is a premium podcast. We charge for that. I think it's worth it. Uh, I don't think if your primary motivation to spend ten dollars to hear us talk about Soda Online, that I would describe as less worth it. <laughs> I would say that uh, Voip Life, our ten dollar podcast, is incredible and is worth ten. It is worth ten dollars to support us for all the work we do because we do a lot of podcasts and you get a full podcast out of it. I think the podcast is worth it if you like us and want to support us. I don't think if you're like, oh, I need to pay ten dollars to hear the Soda Online content. <laughs> That's true, but there is a full half hour of Soda Online content. There is a full half hour of Soda Online content. That's just how it worked out. We don't plan the premium stuff in that way. <laughs> Digimon, um, I guess we'll probably you'll probably talk about a GGP, which is one dollar at Patreon.com. So <laughs> anyway, but the point is, I have not watched a normal movie in in the meantime. Which a is month, in a month. Me. It's not a fucking month. The, literally, we have not recorded since our episode on Crash, which was a month. Yeah, but that ago. was mid. That Tuesday, twenty sixth of April was when I watched Crash. Yeah. That's almost a month ago. That is a that is five days away from being a month ago. Oh man. Okay. Look. Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> don't come at them like that. It has been it has been four weeks since we recorded one of these. Well, Destiny. I've been doing all my other things for my job that I have with you. <laughs> Destiny, what have you watched? I watched uh, the Sebastian Lelio movie Disobedience from 2017 with Rachel McAdams and Rachel Vice as Two childhood friends who grew up in this very, very, very conservative Jewish community and um, had an affair and one of them gets disowned and then the rabbi, her father, dies and she comes back to England and... Uh, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, yep, we've all been there. <laughs> who amongst us? And she um, rekindles the relationship and it's a really, really intense romance i enjoyed it um, um i remember you being really down on the last like 15 minutes of that movie uh overall though the experience was positive like the the message of the film it was just 
Okay. Yeah. I remember you watching. I was I was working on a gunpla while you were watching, and you were like, "Man, if this movie had ended 15 minutes earlier, it'd be much better." Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I'm being a little more fair than initially, but yeah, I just there were some like yeah, right before the the very very end, there was a lot I appreciated. I was just kind of yeah, the ending. I don't know. Okay. But I guess we we don't want to ruin it for people. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it for people. It seemed corny. I'll be honest. It seemed pretty corny. Yeah. What, what movie specifically again? Sorry. Disobedience. Disobedience. Twenty seventeen film. Disobedience. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. I'm gonna, yep. Okay. I'm scrolling down to the ending now. <laughs> what else did you watch, Destiny? I watched Million Dollar Legs. Did we talk about we, that? I think we talked. Did we? T- I think we might have talked about that last Reptor screenings. Okay, I watched Slumber Party Massacre two, which is I don't know anything about that. It's the sequel to Slumber Party Massacre, uh, that came out in the eighties, and uh, it's not as good. It's not as funny. It's still pretty wild. Um, so it's worth your time. It's about, like, kind of this evil satanic rock star and then this girl band uh, being, like, murdered off one by one. And it's written and directed by, um, oh, let me pull it up. Deborah Brock. And it was directed by Deborah Brock. And I don't uh know who wrote it but written and directed by women so it tries to carry on that torch of uh slumber party massacre one uh but it's still not very good (laughs) but i had a lot of fun yeah did you get the ending of disobedience? Um, no, because I was like, "Let me read to do that on the podcast." Just, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> you can tell me later. Okay. Um, is that it? Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. I watched uh, Black Narcissist. Oh yeah, I had never seen. Um, the 1947 uh, Pal and Pressburger movie about some nuns. Uh, who go up to the Himalayas to try to set up like a school um, in this like palace uh, that has been turned over to them to like, you know, take all these like mountain rubes and and give them healthcare and education um, as they try to modernize. And it goes really poorly for them. Um, Incredible film. Had a great time. (laughs) Uh, I died. It's one of those that it was in my like, it's embarrassing that I haven't watched this movie yet list. Um, And it's just good. It's just like, we're, we're, we got this impossible job. Uh, we're all very like, all of us are struggling. Uh, and the, all, all we have to do is deal with is like these, these kids who don't really want us here. Um, and the hottest man on earth who just kind of lounges around in short shorts and we're all nuns. So we can't do anything about that. We're very repressed. <laughs> we're very repressed. <laughs> um, loved it. Ate it up. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, has has <laughs> I was watching it and I went George Lucas stole shots from this for the prequels. 
Um, <laughs> which really? sounds like an insane person thing to say, but I, I genuinely believe that Revenge of the Sith is riffing on Black Narcissus. I mean, is that... He's always stealing classic movie yeah, shit. Yeah, no, maybe. You're probably right. Is um, that amazing tweet from the other day of someone being, oh, the pod race is a chariot race. <laughs> 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 Which I don't even mean as a dunk. That is beautiful. That's genuinely beautiful. We had multiple friends replying to you like, I, I didn't realize. And I was like, what? <laughs> I haven't even seen Ben-Hur. Everyone knows about the chariot race. Come on. Okay, well, I thought it was beautiful. M is more condescending. Just, just for your, just your notes. <laughs> anyway, Black Norris is really good. People should watch it. Uh, one of those where, like, you know, everyone's, like, heard of it or whatever, but it, it lives up to the hype. I had a great time. It's um, evocative and fun, and that's what you're looking for. Um, I watched Karaoke Girl, which is a um, is Thai film. Um, this, is, this is one that I found on, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure, uh, Criterion that was just leaving. And I was like, I'll click through every month, see what's leaving, and grab something. Um, it was directed by Vistra Vishik Vatican from 2013. It's about a uh, sex worker who went to the city trying to support her family and um, just like de- is dealing with that and like sending money back to her town. It's um, <laughs> it's weird because it's like based on a real person he knew who was this character, but the film is like fictionalized um and uh it's interesting Uh, it's one of those where it's like just very like you know realist cinema um but in like this is just someone's kind of sad life kind of way um i had a pretty good time but it i it was not like super remarkable um i watched (laughs) this is for a future podcast i watched o's deno all writers let's go common writers (laughs) Uh, which is uh, a 2011 Common Rider anniversary, 40th anniversary film, which we'll be talking about in our next Beach House. Go to abnormalmapping.com and click on your close Beach House mid next month to hear us talk about it. It's great. Uh, if you care about Common Rider at all, real crowd pleaser that one. Um, then I watched Ebera Horror of the Deep, which is the 1966 uh, Godzilla film about Godzilla fighting a giant lobster creature. Um, and everyone going, oh, maybe Mothra will save us. And Mothra kind of just not being around to do that. It's good. It's like goofy. This is definitely in the period. Uh, this, I think, is the first Jun Fukuda directed one. Um, and it's much breezier and goofier. Um, I didn't like love it, love it. Uh, but Godzilla does fight a giant lobster. And that's pretty good. Um, the human stuff is like its most cartoonish. Um, and I feel like... I, I'm still torn on what, how I feel about that because, like, I just know that the flanderization of Godzilla is going to happen. The '70s hit, and you get like, you know, the the baby Godzilla and shit, and uh, that's just a thing I will have to go through. Um, but it's weird coming from like, you know, Godzilla. It's fucking Godzilla. Um, and uh, then... I mean, yeah, this is this is already this is already like a 50 years ago thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing I can say about it. Like, you know, like it happens and then that, that all stuff goes away and then there's a big downtime and then Godzilla comes back and you get the, the Heisei era Godzilla, which I don't know fuck all about. Um, and even that's mm. all been gone for 15, 20 years or whatever at this point. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, then last night I watched The Closet, which is a 2020 Korean horror film about uh, a widower and his daughter moving into a house in the in the 
you know, just in the middle of nowhere to try to deal with her being catatonic after her mom died in a car accident. And um, turns out house is haunted by a demon that like kidnaps children who, who believe their parents are neglecting them because uh, she was created when her parents neglected her or whatever. Um, and uh, the dad and the and a psychic guy who's been tracing this stuff since his mom was also tracing the stuff 20 years ago or whatever, um, are trying to figure out how to get her back. Uh, you know, the part in Poltergeist where the lady shows up and they're just like, oh, let's go into the spirit realm and try to figure this shit out. That's what most of this movie is. If you like that shit, it's a decent one of those. Not Ooh. very scary. Um, but I just like when a guy shows up with a bunch of like televisions and a, a strange meters and starts pointing them at rooms. Eat that shit up. One of my favorite things in horror movies. Yeah, no, that it shit's good great. Fun. That's why Insidious yeah. is so good because it's mm-hmm. kind of one of those. Yeah. Um, but this is genuinely just one of those. There's like nothing remarkable about it. Um, but I had a decent enough time. Um, yeah. It's very funny to watch like, uh, like, you know, I went to Shutter and I was like, okay, this one, whatever, Korean horror, and be like, this if this was an american movie it would have been like direct dvd or would have like hit it would have hit in like july they wouldn't even put it out in october and no one would have seen it and it would just kind of been forgotten and they'd be in someone's it'd be in someone's uh early filmography who eventually became a movie star but definitely wasn't when they were in this movie um and that would have been the end of it (laughs) but there's a certain charm to those kind of films definitely for sure um but that's it I have not been watching movies as much as I would like, I'll be honest. Um, but uh, that's that's all I've got. All right, let's get into it. Our movie this week is The Rules of the Game, the 1939 uh, comedy slash drama directed by Jean Renoir and written by Jean Renoir and uh, Carl Koch. Uh, I'd seen this before. Destiny's seen this before. Jackson had not seen this before. So Jackson, tell us what this movie's about. Okay, so plot-wise, basically nothing happens. Um, this is a very difficult movie to do a long plot summary, so I'll just do the, the very broad overview. Yes. Um, uh, it's basically about the social circle uh, around these uh, rich people uh, centering on Christine, um, the uh, this like beautiful woman that is uh, the object of many people's affections uh but centrally uh andre a man who has solo flew the atlantic and has he's done it for her uh she did not show up <laughs> him landing um and so uh they circle each other uh at the like estate of these people hanging out there are other relationship dramas like she's married and her husband's cheating on someone else and all these these stuff going on and these social situations happening um the movie is just this kind of bouncing around uh and the frivolousness of these people's uh, petty romantic bullshit uh as off-screen world war two is happening um that's not mentioned in the movie that's just the movie set in 1939 um and made in 1939 but it's not they're not like oh no one mentioned there's not like a ironic news report about world war two uh you just have to kind of feel it in the vibes um and uh as all these things collide uh so there's another character called octave who's like who's played by jean renoir and is the 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 sad and poignant one he's a weird character we'll have to talk about him uh he's he's also gonna run away with christine because he's been like his friend and keeps saying oh i love i love her like a sister he doesn't 
he, you know, he doesn't. Uh, and he's about to run away with her. Uh, and then they're, they're spots. Uh, and um, the husband's about to shoot him. But then he, like, changes his mind because of the, the maid saying, this is selfish and stupid and you're just going to, like have an unhappy marriage as you run away with this young girl uh this fling is fun but um it's not a good idea so he gives his coat to andre and says you're the right man for this uh who walks directly into being shot and uh he does do that (laughs) that is just uh swept under the rug and uh the party question mark continues because the this is not a social circle that has the ability to deal with what happens when you shoot a random guy just ah what an accident he got shot anyway uh and they all go inside and that's the end of the movie (laughs) yeah so this ends up being like a very ridiculous comedy of manners uh yes which uh it the thing that struck me rewatching this movie because i had seen it um i think me and destiny had like caught it in we saw it in a theater didn't we i'm pretty sure we did Yes, we did. We saw it. Um, And um, when we we're watching it now, I just think of how much this feels like like on the cusp of World War Two happening. Right. Um, And the like the 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 racial dynamics of all these fucking rich people just kind of laughing about the state of the world um, and how wretched it all feels. Yes. It's way um, blacker than I remember being it being like, mm-hmm. um, as in like just dark, uh, humor wise. Yeah. Um, this film was famously like very expensive and then a huge flop. Um, and <laughs> the story of Wikipedia is so funny because like it was shown a double bill with a patriotic documentary about French history. <laughs> um, and so there was a bunch, there's a bunch of like right wing organizations who like went to this double bill um and this is the the second film after that um, oh my god and, uh one person tried to set fire to the theater there was like a fist fight um and so renoir is like uh his quote on this was uh the film depicts pleasant sympathetic characters but showed them in society in the process of disintegration so that they were defeated at the onset the audience recognized this the truth is they recognize themselves people who commit suicide do not care to do it in front of witnesses damn <laughs> holy shit yeah um which is just it's just like this weird moment in time of like this movie depicts a world that's like not only like on its way out but is like like you know literally in another country is in the process of already collapsing and changing into the modern world right yes um and so that stuff is um really interesting to me um because the rest of it is like a manners comedy right like it's based on the marriage of figaro it's about like these characters who are all in a in a in a marriage they don't want or they have another someone else who like their grass is green on the other side about um constantly like oh what if i had run away with uh this person or that person and uh getting in flights of fancy about it um as they just wander their enormous mansion (laughs) yes uh which um i i love those kind of films so <laughs> this film like it's like you know the, the modern version i always think of like gossip park which is this but like what if the body showed up in like a, the first third of the movie and they never had to deal with it not like the very end of the movie mm-hmm. um but i do love these kind of like you know as everyone is having their big romantic affairs all of the help is in their big table just like having a talk about the like actual things that are happening in the world um 
which members of the nobility are Jewish and what are they going to do with the way the world's going, stuff like that. Um, interesting. I like. I I, I think the stuff is good and uh, frictive and interesting, and I just enjoy it. I don't know. I think this movie is great fun. Uh, yeah, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I mostly had a pretty good time. Um, for some for some reason, I was just expecting more of like a romantic comedy. I didn't quite know what the movie was. Uh, um, and it was just more um dour than I expected. Well, dour is the wrong mm. word. You know what I mean, though. Um, yeah. Uh, like it's just far more just long scenes with these awful people and their stupid <laughs> rivalries um yes and rather than like it's not really invested in the these these romances right it recognizes them as stupid um yes and it was just a different tone than i than i expected like i didn't i had not researched this movie going in i knew it was an old french movie that people liked <laughs> Mm. the thing about these kind of like when they're done well is i like all of the characters but don't want to see anybody get together <laughs> that's the thing that i always find is very funny about it i'm like none of these people work it's yes. all a mess yes um everyone is just like an island unto themselves um you know uh you get you get like uh andre jurio who's just like this uh you know charles Lindbergh style character who is a clown man for clown. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's no there's no excusing this man. He is the worst. <laughs> I hate him so much. Uh, um, he's so funny. But then you get like Robert who is who's um you know the, the husband the man of the house or whatever in the film. Um and he is also like a little clown man but in a way that I find delightfully charming. He's just like a he's just a Gomez Adams motherfucker. Yeah, I was he's just busy about to playing say that. with his like automatons and being kind of disaffected um and he's the one guy who's always very nice and paternalistic to the help so they all love him um <laughs> and it's goofy it's just uh the bit where he recruits the guy who's been setting like uh poaching traps on his land he's like oh i can't be sweet come work for the house and then like by the end of the night because of everything that transpires has to fire him it's like uh i met you, you gotta go he's like thank you so much for giving me a chance he's like yeah don't butter me up you'll just make me feel worse please leave <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I, I think he is a, a big standout. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> so much of the party is about this this fox hunt, which uh, everyone has to go and set up because, you know, fox like these sort of like rich people hunts are like the fakest shit in the world. Um, just everyone stands in a field and fires guns and at a bunch of animals that have been like deliberately put there to be shot at. And uh, it's ridiculous. Um, the one, the one woman who's like, nah, 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 clearly trying to make excuses for not hunting. Uh, love her. That's me. <laughs> uh, yeah, they really go in on the hunting thing of just like, look at how, look at the murder the upper classes are doing. <laughs> yeah, it's relentless. It's brutal. That is like the signature scene from this movie. To me, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, it's um, it's good fun. <laughs> These people all suck. Uh, it's very funny how it starts on like the conversations begin. Um, you know, you get the very explicit stuff of, of, of he he lands the play, and then he's just like, "Oh, where's that feel when no GF?" Because <laughs> um, <laughs> he's such a loser. Uh, and then, like, uh, 
Christine um, and her maid are discussing the car. You know, you can't. You, you don't want. You don't want to have serious friendships with men. Could never be done. <laughs> uh, and um, the way all that uh, like builds to uh, the actual um, conflicts between the people is very, very good to me because you know it starts out and you're like, oh, is this going to be like an intense gender thing? And kinda, the gender stuff is like one aspect. Uh, you know, I did not know when I click play that it was uh, about <laughs> upper class people before World War Two. Mm. <laughs> about to get completely i was expect- like i said that's the thing i was expecting like, ah, i see well, i guess we're gonna do this kind of thing and then it was a very different thing uh, you see why i laughed when you yeah. said you were gonna pick i this didn't one. even fucking yeah. know i thought it, the rule yeah. of the game was like ah oh, men and women comedy thing i knew it was like a social like a comedy of manners but i just assumed it was more of a romantic comedy situation yes. yeah um, now i understand why you laughed and also <laughs> why all my yeah. friends say it's good i guess yeah yeah, because, I mean, ultimately it's a movie about how, like, the rich will just, like, idly have affairs because they have the space to. Whereas when the groundskeeper's wife is, like, flirting with another guy, he's going to get a gun and fucking shoot that guy, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and then cause a, a would, would have been an international incident, but everyone decided it would be far too much of a hassle to deal with, actually. <laughs> I, it's, it, was, it was a horrible accident. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, I love the bit where he gives that speech. He's like, oh, it's really sorry. And then immediately, like, that guy has to come in. We got to forgive him because we got to pretend it, like I didn't fire him. And there wasn't a whole fucking thing where he tried to shoot a guy running through the house. <laughs> We're just going to not talk about it ever again. Um, and the the, the 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 people standing, like, the party goers are like, oh, that was real slick, wasn't it? It's like, that's what it is to have class, my son. <laughs> they walk back <laughs> in the house. <laughs> uh yes all the, the all of the um rich people are so incredibly unhappy it's great uh yes but they're all unhappy for like the stupidest reasons <laughs> yes it's all like um overly fixating on stupid relationships that were never good yeah uh um i really like uh octave uh which you know renoir's just playing that character um as the guy who's just been pining for his childhood friend forever as he's been like you know, being the the middleman of all of her, like her husband and her like boyfriend, and um, just in a just stuck in that stupid like I'm I'm the wingman who's gonna try to take my shot someday role. Uh, Jean Romar is down eternal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, in this movie, and also just generally, I guess I looked at the making of this movie and basically a fucking documentary. <laughs> <laughs> some real stupid shit going on behind the scenes i did not know that that's very funny i Good didn't know that them. either yeah uh he like falls in love with the lady playing christine and obviously they never get together uh but during the course of production divorces his wife and hooks up with a script girl instead i don't know <laughs> man the movies it doesn't matter what country you're in the fucking movies <laughs> movies you know how every time you're talking about uh, Cody and Cambria on uh, the Amory score, uh, I need mayo.com if you'd like to listen to the lore of Cody and Cambria. <laughs> sure. It's just about what it's like to be on tour. Um, the fucking movie. Sometimes you're just on a shoot and you fall for your actress. <laughs> uh, Real shitty thing to do. Yep. Um, Guys love to be fallen for their actresses. You uh, sure do be fallen for their actresses. I didn't realize, like, I realized after me, but I didn't realize during the movie that. Uh, uh, Octave was played by uh, Jean Renoir. Yes. Um, yep. I thought his character was interesting. I didn't like necessarily know 
I was I was a bit mixed on it because like I think that he's funny and sad in in good ways, but he's also like often framed as like, you know, the the noble tragic one of these, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in a way that I think reads a little silly when he's also like, oh my, uh, look at how you know sad it is to just do something else, go somewhere else. It's weird because. Because he's he's definitely sympathetic to Octave as like generally, yeah. but the way in which he like exits this picture yes. where he, he he and the poacher guy just walk off is like is like it's like how Charlie Chaplin walks away from the end of every movie. Right? <laughs> it's about this this character archetype is in itself like the myth that inhabits these worlds, right? Yes. So he just goes off and he's gonna have another adventure where he's this guy to someone else, some other friend group, or whatever. Um, because they literally just walk off in the sunset together, um, and it's it's weird. <laughs> I think walk up into the sunrise because it's the middle of the night. Actually, yeah, I think that's just a '30s thing, like a trope that. Well, sure, it's just it's just very weird. But like he's yeah. so he's so wrapped up in the events of this movie, but he literally just like washes his hands and walks and like walks in the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, time to leave. Too much of a <laughs> hassle to deal with all of this. Um, like he is like a, a magical being that is like made the plot happen and then must depart. <laughs> it's Poochie. <laughs> My planet needs me. <laughs> My planet being France. Uh, <laughs> the um, the thing I think that's interesting about that is um, there is a uh, 1955 movie, uh, Ingmar Bergman movie called Smiles of Summer Night, which is kind of very similar to this, but doesn't have that character in it. It's not like meant to be, it's not like a remake of this or whatever. It is just a very similar, um, like, rich people affairs. We're all having a big party and it goes really sideways uh, film mm-hmm. that I highly recommend. It's really good. Oh, it's so um, much fun. It's really, really horny, though. <laughs> but, like, um, repressed horny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is way more simmering repressed horny than this movie is. This movie's not that horny. Very, like. Yeah, it's very like apathetic about sex. It's just a, a thing people do when they're bored. Yeah. And yeah, no one's really uh, like in- trying to hook up with people for the sex of it. Um, they're not even like, oh, rich people are just like you know hedonistically engaging these affairs. It's just not even about that. They're just bored. Yeah, it doesn't really yeah. come across that way. When Genevieve's not collecting like treasures of of Japan and China, <laughs> she is uh, she is fucking Robert. <laughs> Because he goes to her apartment, it's just like the most like P.F. Chang's fucking scenario <laughs> in the world where she's like draped in her kimono and, and there's like samurai armor and shit everywhere. Um, we're just in it. <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. It's very silly. Because uh, these French people just live in like, you know, it's like we're we're the you know we rule the world we have all the money and we just collect things from around the world um yeah i turned like, you know the, one of the, the the automaton that he gets is like uh uh is like of a, a black girl right yeah and yeah um like his his new one or whatever in his room full of automatons it's just, and then they're like, as the helper talking about like situation of like racial dynamics in France, it's, just, it, it's interesting. It's a lot of friction, not saying a lot about it, just like depicting the world in a state, right? It's yes. like a historical mm-hmm. document about like the way people thought about those things. Definitely. Interesting. It's interesting. It's like that is in the end, well, like 
I don't, I, like, I don't think the movie is bad. I, I quite liked it. Uh, I'm not saying like, necessarily as a critique, but I, I do think it's pretty like I'm nodding along, you know, uh, I'm having yeah. a decent time. Uh, so like hearing the stories about this movie was dangerous. It was a dangerous movie yes. in France in 1939. <laughs> I'm like, hang on, what are you talking about? Yes, that always shocks me when I think about that, how it was mm. banned. Um, I would just need to know more historical context about France specifically. Um, but just because the context in like Britain is very different, like our entire high art and culture is self-hating rich people plays, right? Like that's, that's, that is like that, which I'm not saying this is necessarily one of them, but it is, uh, I feel like this would not be as remarkable in British cultural design, but I could just be totally wrong. I just don't know about the situation. Like what, like art about upper class, uh, French people was like, and, and whether how much it dealt with like irony and self-hating and uh the you know this is a movie by a not not an aristocrat right but by a fairly yeah. upper class guy about how much it sucks to be an upper class guy trapped in these awful social rules well yeah i mean this is this is the classic scenario of like the bourgeois artur yes. is like critiquing the society and everyone else who's like oh he's like the art one of us is like wait a second don't don't point that at us <laughs> please do not point that at us yes <laughs> getting really mad about it like laughing at the first part and then getting really mad when it turns into when he wheels out a, a wall full of like organs and robots and symbols to do his little like musical number with that it's just a nightmare it's it's so ridiculous it's a fucking really weird plays they all keep putting on and seeing yes yes yeah. they're so bored Um, this is what happens when nobody has the internet. They just go crazy. Yeah. Just watching YouTube. All these people should be watching YouTube. <laughs> get a new get a new hobby that you don't actually have. You just watch people do it on YouTube. Oh, everyone in this <laughs> movie is going Verdi's Horry's mode constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God. <laughs> Introducing Jean Renoir to the concept of Verdi's Horry's mode. <laughs> Man. Um Yeah, I think this is the only Renoir I've seen. I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, I should watch some more because I do really like this movie. Uh, yeah. Um, it's good fun. Uh, it's not like uh, for some reason I was just like, expecting something a little more um, aesthetically bold. I didn't realize it was like going for uh, not a documentary look, but definitely being restrained to show the whole scene. Right. Like it's it, it's it, innovations were like doing a lot of deep focus stuff to get uh, wide shots in. Yeah. Um, so it was just not the kind of like black and white movies that I tend to gravitate towards, which are uh, deeply aestheticized. Yeah, no, it, it's much more like not quite naturalistic, right? But it feels it definitely feels it feels modern the way that like if this was like a BBC production from the eighties, I, I and it, it, it could be shot exactly the same way, and I wouldn't like bad enough. I mean, you right? can draw a direct line from this to shit like Succession, right? Like, which are yeah. uh, which comes out of um, you know those guys worked on the thick of it uh you know many many years of um this kind of stuff uh what am i i have my own point was lost my i think the thing i was trying to say is that if this movie was made today and someone's doing a remake uh you could easily it would easily be like the shaky cam fake documentary version uh, oof, oof, oof. it wouldn't be good i don't want that it wouldn't be good but it would exist uh, i don't I even mean the that. office thing where like it's formally a fake documentary just like employing those uh yeah, those techniques filmly. Mm -hmm. 
But no, like this, the way this is shot, like, you know, very straightforward, but like big shots of people standing in fields and big banquet rooms. Like this is every like Jane Austen adaptation ever made just like played straight. Yes. Um, For um, sure. I think there's a part where it all like comes together and right at the end when um, the shot where that guy gets shot is really good because he just falls over. There's no, yes. there's just no, no theatrical, yeah, theatrical. I've that's not a word. You know what I mean? There's no theatricality to it. He just is dead. <laughs> uh, it's mm-hmm. it's really effective. Yeah. They do um, like go a little, get a little cute with it, and someone says, "Oh, he fell over like the rabbits we were hunting." I was like, "Thank you, I, I got it. I was, <laughs> I was there. I was, I was. What's the fucking movie?" But thank you. I Someone's just gonna tee it up for people. <laughs> for the people in the back <laughs> um do we have anything else not necessarily for me okay um great movie uh destiny anything else uh no i always this is a good time it's always a good time uh yeah i really like the help in this movie it's, i think they're my favorite part that's all mm-hmm um, all right. Uh, questions. If you'd like to send us questions, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com um, about anything. I don't have to be about the movie you're covering. In fact, it's usually better if they're just some random movie questions. Love those. Uh, but, you know, send us stuff. Love questions. First one comes from Hilver. Any good recommendations for slow boil spy slash mystery films like Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy? Jackson, your time is now. <sighs> Okay, I guess finally, <laughs> movies I've actually seen. <laughs> um, uh, the one I watched uh, that like kickstarted my like going back and reading all the spy novels was uh, the Spy Gone North, which is a movie from twenty eighteen from Korea. That's a great movie. Um, that's the peak of like, you know, when a movie's not um, like exceptional, well made. It's not like a fucking Stanley Kubrick movie or anything. I'm not like watching a masterpiece. I'm just watching the peak of a genre movie I like to see about sad guys in coats who uh, like their romance and nationalism are tied up in their longing for a situation that can never be because of the what the times. Uh, that's yeah. that movie. Fucking got it. Yeah. Um, strong recommend on that one. Uh, going back to like classic ones, um, probably the, uh, the Spy Who Came In From The Cold uh, is a great movie. Uh, though generally speaking, because I read the novels, I'm always like I'm going to be like, Lakari novels are where it's at. I don't think the the Spider Came with the Cold is as good a movie as it is a book, um, but it is a very very good movie. Of those adaptations, that's probably the one I would recommend uh, the most. Um, also, I, I don't know how like you know, have you watched From Russia with Love? James Bond is not normally this, but that movie has a lot of this in it. Oh, it's so fucking good! It's so good. There's a world where that became the template, and it's a better world. Yeah. Uh, Destiny, do you have any recommendations? I have two, but I'm not sure how much they fit, so I want you to yeah, tell me what you think. Okay. All the President's Men. Yeah, that totally, that totally fits. fits. Okay, and Michael Clayton. Yeah, yeah Michael Clayton, Clayton fucking fits. <laughs> I'm sure I shouldn't say Zodiac. Zodiac's definitely. Zodiac was also, yeah, no, I was going to say that earlier. Yeah, okay. When I was thinking about this earlier, I did think of Zodiac. Um, I would say uh, The Conversation. If you haven't seen The Conversation, fucking classic. That's a great film. Um, cool boy. Um, I had another one, and I was like, this one's like a mystery. It doesn't really fit the spy love. Oh, um, you should watch... You should get into Jim Jarmusch. Maybe it's not exactly what you want, but he is a guy who loves a slow boil. All his movies are like that. Um, I really like Limits of Control, which is a hitman movie, but it's got like a mystery element. Um, and... Um, 
then uh, The Pledge, which is a um, a movie I just think about a lot. It's like a Jack Nicholson vehicle. It's like a it's like a neo-noir about he's like a cop who promises to find uh, a killer. And he just is not it, it's not going very well for him. It just his life falls apart. It's just one of those. Um, and it's really good. Um, and uh, those are my recommendations. It's really easy to just find spy versions. You can just watch any spy movie. It's pretty much this. Um, yes. But, uh, all right. Uh, Martin writes in with a, an anecdote about seeing the Northmen. Um, as a, and when seeing the Northmen, a, a family walked in the theater and sat down, um, including a kid. It was like eight people. Um, and the, like the guy pulled out a restaurant beeper and they were like talking and blah, blah, blah. And it was weird. Went to get food. Um, and then someone was like wheezing, like they had a squeaky toy during the movie, um, and there was a disaster. It was just weird. It was just a weird scenario, be like really noteworthy nonsense of during this like very serious movie. Um, and the question is, what's the weirdest experience you've ever had watching a movie, either at home or in a theater? Um, I went to see a truly terrible movie called like iron sky i think it was. it was about nazis on the moon it was fucking awful um okay and it was just a, a b movie i saw at the prince charles when i was in london and so could go to see weird movies um mm-hmm. and sitting directly next to me was this old american guy who would just keep talking to the movie like it was a fucking you know reaction video <laughs> Uh, driving me goddamn insane. Didn't help that the movie sucked. I guess it would have been worse at a movie that was better, but uh, it was a bad time. Uh, aside from that, I don't really have necessarily like interesting ones of these. I have, you know, I've gone to the movie and there have been rowdy kids, right? Like it happens, but uh, I don't necessarily have super interesting ones. Other than when I wasn't one of the rowdy kids because I was a nerd, but I was among the children at the screening for. Uh, it was either X-Men 3 The Last Stand or Stormbreaker, the Alex Ryder movie. Unclear which one it was. But the entire fucking school got out of, like, uh, last day of uh, school and just went to the movie. And some lady had to tell everyone to shut up. <laughs> Finally, which has never happened. Never before in my life has a lady had to come to the cinema and tell the entire cinema to shut up. <laughs> like it was still at school. But that did happen. <laughs> um, I have a story about when I was in high school, a girl invited me over to her house and we watched Big Money Hustlers, <laughs> the insane clown posse movie. And she kept asking me if I wanted to make out with her. And it was just, you know, everything's heightened because we're high schoolers. And I kept saying no, but she would like, it would get quiet. We'd watch some of the movie and then she'd ask if I could make out with her again. I would have said yes first time to avoid watching the movie Big Money Hustlers by the Encyclopathy. <laughs> I I have always had a general rule where I'm like, we can either make out or watch the movie. I don't want to do both. <laughs> There's only one time in my life where a movie did not get finished. Uh, actually, the movie got finished. Just wasn't paying attention because of this and I'm still annoyed about it. So. What movie was it? Just the movie. <laughs> Uh, infamously, the movie is Battle Royale 2. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> you know, that's a movie that should be watched. Yeah, yes. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did you sometimes just... you're in college and you make really stupid choices with your life. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been there, but the thing is, this is why you got to watch, like, you know, when this happened to me, I was watching Zombieland, right? I don't give a fuck that I didn't finish Zombieland. I was like, <laughs> no! 
<laughs> I was excited. To, I saw Zombieland opening night because I was in the era when I was going to see everything opening night. Yeah, and uh, I made out, so I had a better time than you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember thinking Zombieland was totally fine by the standards I had for cinema at the time Zombieland came Zombieland out. Zombieland is, I assume, fine. I remember it being fine. Actually, you know what? Here's the embarrassing part I'm leaving out. I did just go back myself and watch Zombieland one day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I have seen Zombieland in the Bill Murray bit. It's, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> I like Zombieland. I, I don't know if I've ever had like weird experiences. Definitely a lot of like, there's like the like fancy arts theater in town. I've had multiple times where you just get the like rich people who want to go to the theater to be seen going to the theater. And so they're sitting here having like a line, a wine lunch as we're watching like the Herzog documentary about people on death row. And I'm like, what are you doing here? I'm here to watch this and be sad and like hate life. And they and always, you're just here to like have a good time. They always laugh too hard at like, an in joke in the movie yeah oh actually i do have a good one of these it's not like a super like notably bad experience but it was very funny uh i went to see um what's that movie called begins with an s sightseers sightseers right the the ben wheatley movie about the the couple doing murders oh yeah yeah i yeah. love that, that movie. yeah i like that movie a lot uh i went to see sightseers uh the only other people in the cinema was like a grumpy old british couple in the back <laughs> uh who did not take the joke about Daily Mail read as well and um, were just kind of <laughs> quiet the entire movie while I was laughing and having a great time. Uh, and I just remember that being very funny. Mm -hmm. That's a classic movie. Um, people should watch, uh, watch uh, Sightseers. I feel like it doesn't come yeah. up anymore. It's great. No, I feel like uh, Wheatley's early work got kind of buried because he blew up a bit. So everyone's talking about, like, you know, everyone, Field of England. Like, that's a movie that gets referenced yes. a lot. But um, Sightseer is great. I liked him more than Field of England. I, I agree. Um, uh, Tron writes in uh, a couple questions. I think we've covered favorite character. Um, what's your favorite looking shot or scene in this movie? Um, I mean, it's probably the stuff at the end. Um, I think it's better. I think black and white is better when there's a night scene. Not to be controversial. <laughs> I love the like miserable everyone just tromping through the the field shooting guns. That is I very good. It's, it's good. It's just like it's just harsh and like there's no glamour to how it is shot. It just feels like a bunch of people who kind of don't want to be there perfunctorily marching through the woods. <laughs> For sure. It feels like a school trip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we all are obliged to go but we don't want to be here i mean that's just like what if th this movie felt like the experience of being rich was just permanently being on a social school trip that sucked and wanting to go home yeah. um do you have anything destiny i don't have a favorite shot that comes to mind i just hmm, maybe when uh he's chasing um marceau around the house and everybody thinks uh, it's part of the play. Well, that leads us to the next question. Funniest moment for you in this movie. That which I think is the bit where uh, they're just circling around the, um, the the kitchen table. Yeah, that's hilarious. I think that stuff's all very good. <laughs> um, I really like when um, they're together in the field and they're like hold me one last time like it used to be like they're in some fucking dramatic romantic novel <laughs> and not just gonna have to like have dinner together yes! and hang out for the next like day they just, they just, they just do this again tomorrow and they're like what are you doing you people are the most ridiculous people who have ever lived 
<laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. Um, and then how do you all think you would fare in aristocratic society? Poor. I think I'd be fine. Actually. You'd be I'd fine. Be I'd great. be terrible. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be unstoppable. I'd be one of those matchmakers. Like, uh, what's her name? Emma? Uh, yeah, fair enough. I, I would just, I think I'd just be a, a Robert here and just like weird eccentric uh, ordering my household around and everyone's just fine with it. <laughs> Hope I'm going to something cooler than automatons. <laughs> um, it's just Gumpla. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we have an email from Anthony that's not really a question, just saying that this is one of the first movies that Anthony watched that really... Uh, opened up like pre-70s film yeah um, to them uh thinking about like the hunting sequence and the dance macabre sequence and just uh good movie um and yeah it is really good uh it's weird because like i don't feel like i'm like that well watched with like pre-70s film myself um like i've seen a couple of the big classics but like there's so much <laughs> is the thing um and you kind of, it, it always feels like homework, even though most of the movies are actually delightful when you actually watch them. Uh, yeah, you're always kind of, it's like going to the gym. You dread it, but once you're there, you're like, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> like at this point, Jackson, I think you've seen more like really early cinema than I have because you watched all that like stuff that was in your Plex. Service. Yeah, that's only because I went through my Plex server. Generally, I'm more on the scene, but yeah, I did go back and watch some like th uh, 30s and 20s classics. Mm. Um and um by self-selecting for like these ones seem really cool you get you you know all bangers but there have been a lot of really good movies i've watched that way yeah uh all right again abnormal mapping podcast at gmail.com love general movie questions so please hit us with those yeah um i know i feel like people try think overthink it just send dumb questions i love a dumb question you can't mess this up i promise um Anyway, next time, Destiny, it's your pick. What are we watching? We're watching uh, the 90s uh, Bollywood classic, The Big Hearted uh, Gets the Bride. Um, I don't know anything about this, but you were like, I want to do this. Make sure I got the title right. The Big Hearted Will Take the Bride. Yeah. Yes, The Big Hearted Will Diwale Take the Bride. Diwale Dulhania Le Jayenge. Maybe yep. my pronunciation is bad. I don't actually know. But uh, known as DDLJ, apparently, according to Wikipedia. It's a big one. It's uh, I'm really excited. It'll be uh, my second or third time watching it. So I'm hype. Uh, that's wild, considering it is over three hours long. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> fucking kidding. Are you kidding me? Destiny! <laughs> <laughs> I asked beforehand if you were okay with a Bollywood yeah. movie because I knew they were long. I forgot and you this said thing it was about fine. I forgot about how I forgot how long Bollywood movies are. It just it's on me. Uh, this is 189 minutes long. Okay, watch yeah. it in sections. I will be watching that with intermission of a day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited because uh, Bollywood is like a huge blind spot for me. Genuinely, don't think I've seen a single thing. So, oh, same. And next uh, next time, maybe we'll have seen two. So, thanks. <laughs> yeah, the um, I know that you, people can get a hold of RR. It's on Netflix, but the the version I want is uh, the, on another service I'd never heard of. Yes, because of the, the you want the, the one the original language, not the Netflix one, which is a dub. Yes, 
yeah, Netflix one uh, is pushing the the Hindi dub, and I do not want that. Uh, yeah, some weird right stuff going on about the dubs there, but yes, uh-huh. yeah. So you want the uh, the uh, Telugu uh, version? Let's shot it. Uh, but we both want to. It's on that. some service called like Z Z Five or something like that. Never heard right? of that. I mean, them. Um. Yeah. No. This will be thanks to t- uh, Turner Classic Movies. Uh, I've only seen a ha- small handful of Bollywood films, but uh, yeah. Not. I am also underwatched in this genre. Yeah. It's it's an Indian video on demand service that uh they just have the exclusive rights to the uh technical. I don't know. Yeah, weird. Uh, we don't know what's going yeah. on that, but yeah, we're going to watch the uh, the 90s one. That's we're not doing RR. That's just us. We should no, just. No, I mean, kind of I'm, I'm, I. It's very likely that I end up watching that by the next time we record. Yes. But yes, uh, oh, we're not covering that. I just it's been in the discussion lately, and it, it's now available. And um, I've watched that one clip uh, uh, more than like like ten times. So I deliberately didn't watch the clip because I want to see the movie. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right, uh, plugs, Destiny. At Fridge Buzz now on the internet, and my other podcast, Badland Girls, can be found at abnormalmapping.com slash badlandgirls. Jackson. You can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find the podcast that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com. Listen to them. They're good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can support all of our podcasts at patreon.com slash normalmapping. Uh, like I said, $5 gets you blockbusters every month. We're about to do our episode on a Pixar's Soul. Um, which, man, mm. okay. This is Jackson's choice. <laughs> I picked it knowing it would be bad. This is not one of the ones where I thought, oh, maybe we're going to see a hidden classic. No, we've been deliberately, despite the fact that Disney films are kind of what inspired blockbusters, have been holding off breaking the Disney glass box, but it's time. we did it today. It's time. Yeah. We will not be pivoting into doing only Disney movies, but because um, God, I'd rather stop podcasting entirely um <laughs> yeah well we will probably almost certainly try to do a good movie after this yeah yeah um anyway that's it until next time movies now more than ever don't expect to like them what accent was that <laughs> i don't know a classic cinema classic yeah. now more than ever <laughs> the movies the movies do not expect to like them <laughs> that was that was um that was um Hudsucker Proxy accent. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I guess it was. <laughs>